uh, apparently you enjoyed it. Oh, I had... I mean, it could have just been the company. I was seeing a friend that I just don't see very often anymore, like a really close friend of mine. Um, and we, we had rock bottom expectations. I had rewatched Kills earlier in the day, and I was just well, like, that Good helps boy. With nearly everything. If yeah. You have the lowest of expectations going into a movie. Well, that's the thing. Like, our, like our, our mutual friend Clay had told me that he enjoyed it, and I usually find Clay has good tastes. Like, I kind of align with him um a lot and so i was like okay well maybe that means something you know i I do disagree with them every now and then so it may not mean much but i was like well okay maybe there's gonna be something here but what i saw i was like nope this is a little bit like in my wheelhouse (laughs) um in terms of like what i want to see in a halloween movie and if it's trying to actually be its own movie i don't want to say much because i do think that not knowing stuff about it is going to help a little bit so i'm going to watch it uh i did all, another one of our discord friends corzian was like i shut it off i know like, and i didn't even get an hour into uh, it. frustrated because like there is a sort of like change about an hour in and i i don't okay. know i don't think he would have liked it if he had finished it but I do think you should have the entire perspective, you know what I mean, before you like sure. cast judgment on a whole movie. Um, but hey, you know, some people. If, but that's the thing. I don't know if you're not enjoying it. Like, it's also just you're right. You have the you have the right to turn it off. So, <laughs> do you agree with this movie? Do you think there was a certain point of today's movie that you could like emphatically stop and be like, "This is not a good movie. I do not <laughs> need to finish." Oh, to totally. give my judgment. Yeah, but I I think genuinely with Halloween ends, like, there is, like, a shift in the narrative, you know what I mean, at a certain point. Okay. So, uh, it's a little Speaking different, for sure. This one, yeah, you can... narrative. Yeah, <laughs> well... I, I thought Barbarian was yes. one of the most, like, uh, inventive, but just, like, a roller coaster of a movie. Hell yeah. I, I did not I did not even see any trailer. That it, I, I feel like that's how everyone is seeing it because I didn't see a trailer, and like, everyone's saying it's the best way to experience it. Um, yeah. Although I guess the trailer didn't really give away too much. Thankfully, it was. A, I think it was a good trailer in that sense. I haven't watched it, but people tell me it was that I they watched, watched the a trailer bit of it, and it's it's giving enough to be like enticing, um, right? But it it kind of colors your perspective on on Bill Sarsgaard. Which already, when yeah. he shows up, you're like, oh, you know, this guy. He's uh, they, spectacular in that. In I that. thought he was he yeah. was great, yeah. And I was listening to an uh, interview. Apparently, he doesn't even like horror movies. <laughs> but, wow. you know, that's that's his, his bag now. I, I He's obviously a really talented performer. I have, a, I mean, it's not even his fault, um, a minor beef with Pennywise the Clown in general. I think, like he's been really crammed down our throats as this like horror icon lately, um, which like the, the Tim Curry one. Evil. Yeah. Like the Tim Curry one. Absolutely. That's a great performance. And like the Scarsgård one is really good, but it's like, um, <laughs> this is dumb, but there's a coffee shop that opened right in the corner from me. I have their coffee right here in front of me. Um, they are a horror themed coffee shop. Um, you go in, there's a giant mural on the wall of like, uh, particularly slasher characters all sitting around drinking coffee with like other jokes and references so you got jason you got it, michael it, you got freddie like all the those paintings of la it is like, like the plain you got poker Marilyn, yes you got yes. james dean you got yep. Humphrey. 
you know, it's both. basically that setup. They're sitting around and they all have cups of coffee <laughs> around this little table. And then like Jason's mother, a Pamela Voorhees, Voorhees's head is on the table. There's like an Economicon on the shelf in the background. Chucky's on the shelf. And, but with these slashers, you're like, okay, they're going for an 80 slashers thing, but also new Pennywise with them. And it's like, what the fuck is he doing there? Like, he does not if fit in. anything, give us, give us the OG. Yeah. Give us that wouldn't what I would accept because you're, you're going, you're aiming for an 80s horror thing. A time right? frame, right. Yeah. But like, and there's so much other like Pennywise representation in that store. And then just other things I've seen, like. You know, you see like oh horror icons like they had the new Pennywise, which like okay, those made a shitload of money, but those are not like good movies. <laughs> it's uh, it I swear it's like Shawshank Redemption. Like I think Bros attach themselves to it, yeah, and just amplify like uh, it's the greatest movie ever. It's it's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's not great. It's not it's not horrible mm-hmm. the first one's really good those kids are very charming and then the second one they just yeah they didn't have the balls to give us the cosmic horror yes that they really that's needed that's to. a great way to put it yeah um i i feel like they really just it was it's a feat of marketing you know what i mean where like they just shoved that image of pennywise down our throats so hard um and like linked it back and to the original behind the red balloons yes yeah. Where it's like, well, do, do people really, like, get super into this? Or is it just, like, you guys start just flooding the market with Pennywise now? <laughs> um, so I have a little beef it's with It's popular because you're telling us we like it. Exactly, yeah. That it's a new icon. Right. Um, and it's like, so I have a little beef with Scarsgard in that regard. It's not his fault at all. And I think he actually does a fine job as Pennywise. Uh, definitely one of the better parts of both of those movies. Uh, but Barbarian, I was like, great. it's great to see him in a non-Pennywise role where I think he's doing wonderful work, you know? Mm-hmm. No, all the acting was great in that. I, uh, Justin Long is yeah. perfect in that role. Great casting. Uh, it's yeah. very, yeah, like, not giving anything away, but, like, you already come into the movie, like, once you see him or know that he's in it, like, with a, with an idea of, like, all the past baggage that he has is just being an actor, and then it really kind of keep subverting your expectations of him and i thought it was such a it was such a great characterization of a of a real person yeah totally yeah really well said man absolutely yeah that's that's but we're not here really good yeah <laughs> to talk about people today no 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 uh because we are here in the last week of monster mashup october here on the Weekly Podcast Massacre. I am your dreadful host for the evening. My name is Victor Von Murfenstein from Portland. Everyone just calls me Murfenstein. And with me as always. Hi, uh, I am the creature from the La Brea Tar Pits. Is that what we came up with? <laughs> I believe so, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, by the last week, we got it together. <laughs> yeah, I'm Greg Anderson. Hello from Los Angeles. And we are uh, here to talk about the 2004 sci-fi original, well, and what you want to do every October is talk about a Christmas special, (laughs) Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Now, Greg, Uh... I do have to ask you, what is your history with A, Puppet Masters and B, Demonic Toys? Demonic Toys, I had vaguely heard of it as a property. 
Um, I think I had more heard of Dollman versus Demonic Toys than Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Classic. I knew I knew yeah. that these these were full moon features and that they liked to cross their properties over, as we saw in Evil Bong, where I think both the puppets and Demonic Toys make an appearance. Right? Isn't the baby I in believe Evil Bong just Jack Attack? Oh, Jack Attack. That's it. Yes, right. Am I wrong with that? It's it's not well, one of them. Is. I think I, I I think you're right. I think it's just Jack Attack. As well as Dollman and the racist doll from one of them, and I think one of the Puppet Master yes. dolls too. Uh, so I knew of them I don't, from that. I don't think the Puppet Masters got in there. I think you're right. I think I think I'm conflating a couple of things. Yeah, um, but I had seen the first Puppet Master and I kind of liked it. I think that's actually a pretty decent movie. Um, I, I in my mind in that one the the puppets are much more like stop motion, you know, as opposed yes. to these where they're just like literally being puppeted just off screen or something there's some stuff yeah in here, these are more bit. marionettes and there's definitely a couple shots where i'm like oh i can see those strings they, yeah. they didn't even try to hide them totally which like hey in destroy all monsters that's charming and delightful here it just right. pisses me <laughs> off I, I don't have a reason why <laughs> like why it, there's a distinction come on. It's it's the season of giving, Craig. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be like filled with the joy of you're right, the you're birth right. of the Nazarene. <laughs> the Nazarene. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I like the first Poet Master. Had you seen any of them previously? I I had. I've seen the first one. I'd seen bits and pieces of other ones. I honestly can't think if I've seen like a whole one besides the first one. And I don't think the first one's really that good. I've watched it's it fine. multiple times. It's fine. Yeah. And it's it's a slog. It kind uh, of is. Demonic yeah. Toys. There was uh, maybe a couple years ago. I realized, oh, you know what? I've never seen Dollman versus Demonic Toys. So I watched Demonic Toys. I watched Dollman, so I could watch, you know, their fight. And they're all bad. There, there's <laughs> nothing good here. Um, one of the favorite, funniest thing though is that like the creator, one of the creators of Demonic Toys is David S. Goyer. Yes, you I, have, I with, have that in my notes, yep. Right, uh, so he also is, also famously wrote another Versus movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Did that, you, like... That instant uh, classic. Have I revisited recently? Not, no, 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 just say, like, have you, like, read interviews or, like, seen interviews with Goyer? He seems like a mm-hmm. real asshole. <laughs> mm um he seems like he kind of sucks and like i think okay. um i don't want to just do this because I do, I do think i have my issues with the nolan uh brothers as writers occasionally but it's it's of my opinion he's why i don't like dark knight all that much um okay. i i just think the script in that movie is not great and he's got a screenwriting credit and everything else i've seen that goyer has written has been pretty hit or miss and so it's like think i just don't really like his style you know what i mean um and it could just be a personal thing because like i've seen interviews where he just comes off as such a dick and so i don't know maybe it's a personal bias against him that i have or something well he seemed to create the demonic toys uh charles band is one of the creators of the puppet masters yeah and i think it was kind of like with uh toho they were just like let's just get these guys together we gotta put them together these properties yeah absolutely (laughs) <laughs> uh, it was directed by Ted Nicklau. It was written by C. Courtney Joyer. Joyner. Uh, there's Corey Feldman as Robert Toulon, Vanessa Angel as Erica Sharp, Daniel Keaton as Alexandra Toulon. We have Sylvia Suvadova as Sergeant. 
Jessica Russell, and Christopher Bergenschneider as Bale the Demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Feldman oh, the one saving grace of this movie, I think, right? And even then, not by much. Like, no, hard to call him a saving grace. Fun, yeah, but it's really bad still. He's having a good time, and there's just there's just times where it's like certain facial expressions of his. I'm like, he still yeah. has a, he has a bit of that charisma he had as a kid, you know. Well, it seems it seems like he is going for more of the tongue in cheek that I think the movie is aiming for. Yeah, everybody else is mostly just incompetent. Yeah, True. you know what I mean? Like they're not it's, hitting that tone. It's yeah. 88 minutes. And they take so much time with, like, the littlest things. Like, every time he has to inject the dolls, they show you injecting each and every doll. Him saying each and every... No, excuse me. Puppets. Yes. He's injecting puppets. Right. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think Vanessa Angel's Erica Sharp is not bad, too. And she had, like, kind of... She has a couple credits... Um, she's another yeah i i knew her from the the weird science television show yeah she's in john carpenter's uh village of the damned i think is one of the creepy kids that would make sense age-wise oh okay yeah because yeah. i think she's i think she's 18 in this movie um so yeah it would make sense that she's like one of those kids in that which i i kind of like that movie i think it's pretty good it's a late carpenter i think uh kind of works do you mean danielle keaton or vanessa angel vanessa angel i She's, she wasn't 18. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm like sorry. 30. I'm sorry. I mixed up the names. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Looking at my okay. notes. Yeah, Danielle Keaton. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's, that's a rough 18. <laughs> yeah. So this movie concerns Christmas Pal toys that are getting sent to... Uh, it's the new hot toy. It's like the Furby of 2004. Even though and they're ugly they're, as shit. And <laughs> they are... We have a, a baby, a jack-in-the-box, and a teddy bear. And the plan is the the biggest slaughter of innocents in history because of, uh, not sure, Erica they doesn't want, want to sell toys anymore. There's a demon that the wants demon blood. wants to take over the world. Right. She, she wants toys that, to protect her, which she already has. But they're demonic, and, and they have their own. You know, but, the puppet, but they do establish that the puppets are also demonic because the Toulon family made a deal with the demon. Excuse, excuse me, that's not demonic. That is that is black magic alchemy. There is a difference. Okay, okay. it is provided by a demon, but I would <laughs> I would think that is different than like demonic possession toys. Okay, okay. Um, it's just the plot of Halloween three. You have this corporation. Yeah. That yeah. wants to orchestrate a mass slaughter on this holiday, utilizing their product. That's you, you it. You nailed it, Greg. It's Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Corey Feldman has the puppets. We have Six Shooter, Blade, Jester, and Pinhead. Is Pinhead offensive? Is that an offensive term nowadays? Um, That's I all know. I kept thinking about. Probably there probably is a, a much better propical medical medical term for that. So yeah, I think sure. you're right. But I mean, people were still saying that as early as late as like. Uh, when that American Horror Story season came out with the, with the I woman, guess so. with the yeah. the freak show one, and like I, they were calling her that and whatever. I I met that actress at a convention actually who played her. She was a uh, very sweet. Oh right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember that transformation, like the pictures of them beside mm-hmm. each other. 
but then we have for the demonic toys, we have Baby Oopsie Daisy, which is just a, a baby doll. We have Fuck Jack Attack, thing. which is a... a Oh, what? You don't like the farting baby doll? Yeah, constant farting and just the fucking super annoying voice. God, talk about how, like, I didn't need this, but talk about a new level of appreciation for Brad Dourif as Chucky. Like, Jesus Christ. That's what they're going for, I think, right? <laughs> well, I kept thinking of uh, Baby Herman in... Yes, that too. Who Framed Roger Robert. Yeah. Because he... he... When he gets thrown into the pit, he even says, why I oughta. Oh, my God. That's, like, his last thing. That that maybe was, like, a, one of the funny moments of him. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Grizzly Teddy, which I, I would love to have a I, Grizzly Teddy. I think he's I really like Grizzly cute. Teddy. He's kind of yeah. cute. It's kind of, like, funny. But he just sounds... Like, like just... He sounds like... <laughs> yeah, he sounds like that, but then when he's getting attacked or something, he sounds like a monkey. Yeah, chimpanzee. which it's I don't really know. Weird. It's weird enough that I kind of like that. He, uh, that's I think that's it. Far and away, Grizzly is the best character to move. It's the thing to pull away from this. Yeah, <laughs> it's real bad. Sharp tries to steal the puppets at one point. Then they catch on fire. Corey Feldman has to give them upgrades, which is just like giving them carbon fiber joints. Six Shooter does get like a, a metal faceplate. And, and lasers, laser guns. Which he yeah. doesn't do shit with, except for, like, destroy a couple statues. Like, he right, am opens I, am the I right? box that oh, they're yeah. locked in. Yeah. But in that final thing, he's just shooting wildly, not even hitting I any feel, of the guys. I feel he, he's the one that kills those two security guards that had the, the tattoo on their hand. Like, uh, I, I feel like he gave him like, a shot right in the forehead at some maybe point. One of, maybe one of them, but I, feel, I remember, like, they spent a long time with Feldman wrestling with one of them. Mm-hmm. So there's the demon Bale, which I actually think is a pretty good makeup job. Yeah, he's good, and that actor and has the, done a lot of, his a lot of first, stuff. Right, and he he does. It's always Shakespearean esque dialogue. He's saying "thou" a lot. Yeah, I like Bale, but I don't. I got no problem with him. Um, his first costume made me think of. Um, Oh my god, why am I blanking on his name? From Ghostbusters 2, Vigo. Yes. He had like the kind of tan, leathery thing. But then in his second appearance, he's obviously in a Santa costume, which is... Yeah. Silly and dumb. It did remind me, have you seen the trailer? Have you seen the trailer for Violent Night? No. Oh boy, do you know what that is? I, I, I've looked at it before and I'm trying to remember. Okay, so that's it. David Harbour as Santa Claus. Okay, yes, 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 yes. And I have not seen the trailer, but I did read about this. Essentially, John Leguizamo as uh, Hans Gruber, because it's a Die Hard thing. It's literally okay. the plot of Die Hard in that these terrorists come in, they're going to rob this bank, they're going to rob this vault of like $200 million or something. John Leguizamo is the leader of the terrorists. It's set at Christmas. A little girl somehow gets like a radio to Santa, the real Santa, which is David Harbour, and she's like, Santa, please come help me. He looks, and she's on the good list. And she's like, well, for Christmas, she wants to be saved by terrorists? Okay. So he wow. comes in and starts, like, fucking up the terrorists. Honestly, like, the trailer played before Halloween ends last night, and my friend and I were fucking cackling in the theater. It, on, it might right. be one of those things where it only works as a trailer. Um, I don't know if it's going to operate as a whole movie on the same level. But the the trailer was very funny. So, yeah, it's real bad. Puppets and toys fight. Blade chops up 
not yeah. to the last like uh, couple Grizzly minutes. Teddy. Yeah, it, it does take a while. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the puppets, this, the puppets and the toys disappear from the movie for so fucking long, mm-hmm. and it is just like, a, uh, it's just Erica Sharp talking to Julian, her uh, assistant, or it's you He's know got some weird lines too. Feldman and and the daughter. He is a, yeah. He looks like a he looks like a weird like Russian. Um, he looks like a Russian Joe Dante to me. <laughs> uh, the guy playing <laughs> Julian. Um, so he like. Uh, yeah, then you have you have uh, Corey Feldman and the daughter. Corey Feldman hitting on the police officer, which like the cop. Oh, ugh. they they make that Let's is just so not weird. Even talk about the cop. Uh, well, hey, she's kind of kind of easy on the eyes at the very least. He's not wrong in that regard, but true. But she has like the most prominent jawline I think of any person I've ever seen. Like it's That's a cartoon. Ca- like I expect it to. To come out of the screen, she could have she could have played the maniac cop in a remake of Maniac Cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or like Bride of Maniac Cop. Yes. Oh, oh my God! How is that not a why, thing? Why have we? Okay, let's bleep that, and that is the script that we should be writing. Actually, you know what? Maniac Cop Three almost gets to that point. That is like a weird thing. That I think he does have like a wedding scene in Maniac Cop Three. <laughs> Although I only saw that once, and I was kind of tuned out for most of it. Yeah, uh, I do. I do. It's not funny, but I'm like, uh, what the? But I was just kind of like, what's well, weirdly notable, and it's just a contrivance for the movie. But like, um, a fire breaks out in their lab early on, and the toys get burned, and she just shows up. I guess she was just like driving by. They never explained. She this, said right? that there was a call of a disturbance. But who called? And then a neighbor. I don't know. It's ridiculous. So she just shows up. They have their whole thing. He's in his underwear, and it's supposed to be stupid and awkward. But then she, like, gives Corey Feldman her personal cell phone number. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's even a part later when he's like, I thought we had a relationship. You I thought we had a number. relationship. Sometimes his voice is kind of funny in this. He's he's doing something. He is also wearing the shittiest gray wig throughout most of it. And is, it looks like a porn parody a as a result. I honestly yeah, think it's it is just his hair with some baby powder in it. I, I there was times where it's like I I I was I thought it was a wig the entire time, but because there are times where it looks like they didn't even bother to put baby powder in it, mm-hmm. and that it's just like blackness. But anyways, final thoughts of this movie. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, it's not just, very good. I'm just going through my notes. I'm going to see if there's anything else I do want to bring up. I mean, I, this is the second movie we've had in a, in a little bit where people are boiling blood. We had that in uh, The Devil Rides Out. Yeah. You know. Baby Oopsie Daisy has the great line of, I've got a job for her in my diaper. Oh, God. Fucking everything he's fucking said. Oh, God. Just so bad. Uh, I do have some, a couple of notes about it that I picked up just from trivia stuff. The role of Robert Toulon... Um, which is Corey Feldman's character was originally written for Fred Willard, which like see hey, that I good yeah enjoyed. it would have been better, but good on Fred Willard for not debasing himself with this movie, <laughs> like realizing that he is better than this. <laughs> wait, wait, you're saying the guy who got caught jacking off in a movie theater <laughs> should not debase himself? He has more integrity hey, than doing this. No, no offense, no slander, or anything. I'm just. I'm making sure the facts are there. Yes, absolutely. For the audience, totally. No judgment. Um, yeah, I, no. Hey, I don't. I, I literally don't hold that against him at all. You go to a porn theater for what other purpose? I mean, like, 
fucking who were surprised. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Uh, not defending jacking off in public, but if there's a place where you're kind of like encouraged to do it, you know, like the, Jesus. The Coney 2012 guy. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm just going through my notes. Just the, the line, baby oopsie kicked my butt. Ugh, God. Yeah, he gets uh, beaten up twice by the baby. Uh, hold on. Final, final thoughts. It's real bad. 1.3. Uh... Yeah, I mean, what do we point, rate this out of? I, I'm going to flat. Uh, uh, what was the Teddy's name? The Grizzly Teddy? Is that Grizzly name? Teddy. Yeah, out of 1. Grizzly Teddies. Grizzly Teddies. Yeah, I'm not even going 1.3. It's just a flat one. It gets like because I don't think I'd ever do. I don't know if I'd ever do a zero for a movie. I don't think I have yet for anything. Like one would be the low, or half would be the lowest I go. But this gets a one. This because is a of, children's movie. Yeah, this gets a one because and of Feldman. Yeah. And Teddy and Grizzly Teddy. So one Grizzly Teddy for him. Are there different types of monsters in this? They all just they, yes. they all do just seem like they are demonically possessed toys, but Yes, because some of them are puppets and some of them are toys. Alright. Well, we don't want to just talk about Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, because that was like negative IQ points. <laughs> So we figured we'd stay in the same year. We're going to go with the other classic hit from 2004, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Who boy. Whoever wins, we lose. AVP, baby. Alien yes. versus Predator. Alien versus Predator. I, oh, okay, so sorry. Before we fully move on from Bump and Mess versus Demonic Toys, I just want to say, I think a big factor of what made me really dislike this movie um, it's just got it's not like there's no nudity in it there's barely any violence but it is like much more misogynistic feeling than most of the movies that we have covered on this podcast right where literally every female character is like sexualized to some degree like completely unnecessarily i suppose so i mean even though the daughter it's it's a really awkward point when Corey Feldman says that virgin's blood is so much more powerful. Yes. And then he goes, you're still a virgin, right, daughter? Exactly. And she's like, I'm not even going to answer that. So I... she gets she gets off easiest, but like, do we do not need the scene where they get the secretary, they find out she's a virgin, and they oh, like rip right. open her blouse, and like baby oopsie like shoves his face into her chest as they're killing her. Like, that sucks. And then just but Erica's whole thing of trying to She's reading a Christian news magazine. So. That's yeah. Well, that that is like, kind of funny. But then, like, yeah. And then Erica, of course, has the completely useless scene of trying to seduce Corey Feldman. I guess it's not get useless. More, it's not useless because you get more trying... more Toulon blood. Yeah, right. There, it's a plot point. It is part of the, the story, Craig. That's true. Okay. Anyway, look. It's October. We're moving on to a much better movie. Like, hey, this is our trick or we, last last year. Our entire theme was trick or treat. We're condensing trick or treat to this entire episode because that was our trick. We on just the tricked audience. you. And here's your treat, guys. We're talking about Alien versus Predator, um, a movie that maybe this is a bad podcasting form. But I didn't even take notes watching because I was like, I don't need to. I know this whole fucking movie beginning to end. I know every plot point, every beat of it. Like. I've seen this so many times. And it's funny you say that. I believe this was my first and only full viewing of the wow. movie. 
Now, oh. originally, when this came out, I was working at a movie theater. And Whoa. there was one night, like, this is a Tuesday, a Thursday. It was not very busy, and I was doing the usher uh, duty. So I was cleaning up after people. I was, you know, just kind of generally wandering around, making sure nothing bad was going on. And I would watch this movie in 10 to 15 minute chunks, just sporadically. Hell yeah. And it would it would be like, oh, here's 15, 20 minutes from the middle. And now I'm going to catch the beginning of it. Oh, I watched the end. Now I'm kind of, you know, it was all out of order. Yeah, I, I, I did that too when I worked at the theater. That's all I needed, really. Yeah, when I worked at the theater, I did that mostly. Uh, the one I did it the most with was Django Unchained. I okay. just constantly, because yeah, obviously I'm younger, so I worked at a theater a little later than that. But um, I I had seen it in full in theaters, and I liked Django Unchained so much that like I would, that would be the one I would constantly be walking into to catch like chunks of it the same way. So I've seen Django Unchained a lot, but only in the same fashion that you've seen AVP. Yeah. Right. And so this was, you know, like I said, my first full experience and giving a little bit more, it is also written by Paul W.S. Anderson, who is very well known throughout the uh, cinematic Hollywood. He did Mortal Kombat, Event Horizon, quite a few of the Resident Evil movies. Uh, Death Race, which is a one that I actually really, really like. I, that original one. Have you ever seen Death Race 2000? I haven't seen either, no. I, ju- I just learned that the original was directed by Paul Bartel. Yeah, which is and, really exactly, cool. from Eating Raul. Right. Yeah. Uh, and starring David Carradine and Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone. Uh, you gotta put that one way up on your list. I, okay. I love that movie. That was one that my dad was like trying to find and would, would, would tell people it's the worst movie ever made. Wow. And then you watch it and it's like, hey, hey wait, what the fuck I'm are you like, talking about? This is good. This is, per- this is pretty good, Dad. I don't know. Uh, I was just hearing about, um, oh, we didn't do this at the beginning, just our, our little, like, what we've been watching yeah. on horror, but, or what have we been taking in? Because um, I was going to talk about Quentin Tarantino's podcast, uh, Video Archives, which I've been really enjoying. Um, Tarantino himself can be grating, and this podcast is no exception. But he, there's no fucking doubt he has a shitload of insight and has a great, like, take and point of view on a ton of stuff. And he's he's really highlighting, like, non-popular, you know what I mean? Like, some niche movies sometimes. In addition to, like, more well-known stuff like Mikey and Nikki and things like that. Um, but he was talking about, uh, he had Eli Roth on. And they were discussing, uh, like, quote-unquote, American Giallo movies which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, but somehow they got on the topic of talking about Death Race 2000 versus Rollerball. And the entire concept I need to see of... Rollerball. Rollerball's awesome. I love Rollerball. It's fucking weird as shit. It's, it's so... They don't make sci-fi like that anymore. Like, nothing like that. The closest thing to it is... I need to see the, the original Rollerball. Yes. I've seen Have you the seen Jerry the O'Connell? The Mc, John McTiernan remake? Yeah. Yeah. Was it Jerry O'Connell? Who was I think that? so. I think you're right, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of big names in that one, and I hear it's fucking awful. But uh, it, the original, like, essentially what was going on was that they, like, Roger Corman and the um, Dual World Cinema group, uh, you know, that bunch of rascals, they heard that there was a movie coming out called Rollerball that's about this futuristic sport that's super violent and, you know, it affects society and blah, blah, blah. So they rushed Death Race 2000 into production 
and gave it to Paul Bart- Bartel to direct. And according to, um, I think it's Quentin's co-host, he was like saying, I was like, yeah, that one maybe maybe captures like reality TV better than Rollerball does. Like Death Race mm. 2000. Um, yeah. So I'm really interested it, in seeing you definitely it, check it that out. discussion. Yeah. Uh, to Wait, dig why are we talking about that again? <laughs> non, non-horror thing. Oh, because it's great. Because he did the remake. Right, uh, right, right. My non-horror recommendation is I've been listening to the Big Picture podcast, which is real fun. I listened to their uh, discussion on Barbarian, which is fun. There, nice. It's two people who saw it describing it to someone who's like not going to see it. Yeah. And so like they're beat by beat explaining it, and it's so good. Uh, but they also have a great episode with Griffin and David from Blank Check Podcast about Avatar. Ooh. And the they're talking about the re-release and they saw it and then what they expect going forward in the future for Avatar. But to get into the uh, rollerball casting, we were we were wrong. It was not Jerry O'Connell. Much worse, Chris Klein. There you go. That's right. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. But it also stars Jean Renault. Uh, LL Cool J and Rebecca Romaine. Oh, great. thank you. I was trying to remember the lead, uh, the lead actress. I could not think of it. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. No, that that original is great. James Caan is so good in that original. He is putting well, on James like, Caan. He's putting on an incredible accent throughout it. Like he nails it. Um, and it's just, yeah, that's just that's just a good movie, like through and through. It's it's so fucking bizarre. Uh, some people might watch it and think it's way too slow. And it's kind of weird because, like, I did as I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is kind of, you know, a little dry. It's like, it doesn't really, between the rollerball scenes, and maybe it doesn't have a lot going on. I think that's intentional to a degree. And then, like, after the movie, as I thought about it more and more, I was like, fuck. Like, that movie really sits with you well. And it's like a real thinker and a grower, you know? So, yeah, I really like the original rollerball. It's good. I'll move it up on the list. I uh, also want to say he directed Pompeii, that classic mm-hmm. with... Kiefer Sutherland, I believe. Yeah. And what you mentioned Snow. Uh, Mortal Kombat uh, and, and Event Horizon? I, I did. I did. That was did. so long okay. ago now. <laughs> that was like three <laughs> tangents ago. Uh, and then he also directed Monster Hunter with uh, Mila Jovovich, yeah. which they are a couple. Yeah. So this movie stars Sada Lahan as Lex Woods. We have Ewan Bremer as Dr. Miller, Spud from Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. There is Lance Hendrickson as Charles Bishop Wayland, and then Raul Bova as Professor Sebastian De Rosa. There's a couple other actors that last a little bit, but there's yeah, we're not here for any of the humans, really. No, although I do, I I do, I do like the humans in this, though. I think for the most part, they're pretty, they're pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's some really. F- fun dumb bullshit with them we'll talk about it's fun that uh tommy flanagan is also another actor who's just like a security person he's the one that's got scars on the side of his mouth yeah which is funny he's a scottish actor and in this movie he's doing an american accent and then you also have spud from train spotting yeah and then they have a scene together where it's scottish and then a fake american accent Bizarre. The more I, the, I don't know. The more I watch this, too, the more I like Spud and his role. I think he's a charming he's character. Yeah. He's he's always good. Him and Sebastian are good. The lead, uh, her name was Alex, right? The character, I think? Uh, Lex. Lex, yes. Uh, how, how crazy is it, just looking back on it now, we have a black female lead of, of an alien predator movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing like people talking about Prey when it came out, being like, "Oh, a female-led, you know, predator movie, and it's actually working." And I'm like, "You guys did not see Aliens? We predator did this shit in 2004. Years yeah. ago now. What, we want to talk about Aliens and Predators a little bit. Talking about our crossover. You know what I mean? Our I suppose ma- our so. Tissue I mean, the- monster mashup. We have to. Well, so this is something that had been, I guess it just been talked about, kind of like the Freddy Jason thing. Like, it had been a yes. rumble of, like, what what would happen if these two motherfuckers met? And eventually, yeah. comic books, video games. Yeah. Alien, uh, the, the video game Alien vs. Predator 2, which is a great, great video game, uh, came out two years before this. And so it was an IP that was, like, still kind of running strong. It, became, it spun off into its own thing, like, comic-wise. And, like, tone-wise, I feel like AVP as a, as a property has its own sort of lore and, like, you know, um, like, thing going on, separate from both franchises. It's kind of it's kind of different in that way. Like, Star Wars and the, what would they call them? The extended universe, like, all the books. Yes. Like, there's, yeah. I'm sure there's, like, ten books that are Alien versus Predator. There's there's a lot. It's a, it's a really long-running comic book franchise. And when Marvel um, got the rights to publish because of Disney... They got the rights to publish both Aliens and Predator content. They almost immediately put out a comic book line, like a new series of Aliens and Predator. And they made a big event out of it in comics, because uh, I was kind of following comics at this time, of like, they had their own Alien series, they had their own Predator series, and it led up to a crossover with Prometheus, Great. too. They had their own Prometheus Ooh. comic that also tied in. And so it's a thing that like people love Aliens and Predator. It is such a mashup that just makes sense. And it's hard to even explain why it makes sense, other than there are two sci-fi-based, like, alien horror franchises, uh, you know, with, like, action and blood and shit. Are they both Fox? Yes. That, too. I mean, I guess that really helps, right? Is that they both had, they were both under the same umbrella. Right. Uh, so they could cross over. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of rights bullshit that worked out because they owned it already. Uh, but, yeah, it was, like, a seed implanted by Predator 2. Um, one of the many great things about Predator 2 That's is right. that when, when Danny Glover is on the Predator ship at the end, he, you see a Xenomorph skull mounted on the in the trophy case. Uh, and so, like, they people saw that movie and they're like, hey, that's a fucking cool idea. I would love to see the Predator hunt aliens. And I feel like it was, like, the next year the comic book came out. Like, it was really close. They, like, rushed into doing that. And then a couple years after that, you had, you had video games, which were doing really well. And, uh, yeah, and then some movie just seemed like, you know, it would make total sense. And I believe this is almost a year after Freddy vs. Jason, so, you know... Which made a shitload of money, yeah. Right, I, I mean, people were clamoring for for a mashup of IPs. Like, it's, even before Avengers was, you know, a wink in Paul Feig's eyes, like, this, yeah. this was something people wanted. We, we like these ideas of throwing bullshit together let's see something mm-hmm. new yeah um, um and- oh i was gonna say for getting into the uh oh for getting into the plot at all i just, just i want to talk about the very beginning because i think it's really good but if you had something else right i was gonna say it's a very simple plot of yeah there's a pyramid under the ice that starts like heating up uh we have lance hendrickson who i really i don't know how, if i like it or not that he's returning because obviously he is bishop from aliens and alien three that he was so narcissistic that he had them build robots to look exactly like him hundreds of years later yes right yeah 
Uh, I don't mind it. I like it because I just always like seeing Lance. I think he's always he's great. great. He's always a really yeah. fun screen presence. He's got a fucking fantastic voice. Uh, he's kind of under, maybe not because people do love him. But I was going to say he's underrated as like a as like an actor voice. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he he's awesome. He has one of my favorite moments, like favorite stupid moments in this movie that just makes me laugh. Uh, we'll talk about later if we get into the plot of it all. But I do think the plot is it's like you're right. It is simple, but I do think it's a intriguing plot. Like it makes sense to me. You know what I mean? If you're sure. trying to rope together aliens and predators on Earth, and it's like yeah, play into ancient aliens bullshit. And, like, say right. it was the Predators. Like, that's a really fun idea. Because, I mean, the other Predator movies have established they have been coming to Earth for a long, long time. And so, uh, it, it just, yeah, it makes sense to me. Is it maybe somewhat insulting in the way that some alien, like, ancient alien theories are? Where it's like, these brown people couldn't have built pyramids on their own. It had to have been aliens. You know, like, a little bit. But whatever. It's still, like, a fun idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And it's weird that this one is in the Arctic. Mm-hmm. They they seem fine with that. Like I like I like that as a setting it wasn't too. It's frozen. Out yeah. of like, well, I I do like it, but it is. I'm just trying to wrap my brain around it yeah. logically. Uh, maybe I guess when Pangea happened, I don't know. It who knows? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, my my, th- my thought was that the predators carried them there because it was empty space, but I don't know. I could be. Uh, so there's a bunch of scientists. There's also drilling team and then armed security. Uh, when they get to the abandoned whaling station, there's already a, a hole like straight down to the pyramid. And the yeah. drilling people are like, well, no one, no human could do this in this amount of time. Okay. So I'm going to talk about, I want to talk about this a little bit. Uh, just ahead. in terms of like the very, very opening too, we get our little Chiron of like the year and all that shit. And then a really great shot in space where there's a, the first thing we see is a satellite. Right, it's a Wayland industry satellite. But the way that Paul shoots it is really cool and really fun because it like is coming up from the bottom of the screen and when it first appears, it's the shape of the alien queen head. Mm-hmm. Like in space. And then you kinda like go around it and then it like focuses on this like a camera eye thing, like reading the thermal thing. Right there. It's a perfect mashup of alien shit and predator shit. You got the thing that looks like the alien queen. It's mechanical and like, you know, weird looking and pointy and all that. And then you have the thermal technology shit of Predator. Mm. Paul's doing it, man. Paul is thinking this shit through. Uh, but, but yeah, they so they discover this this like thermal reading from the from the thing. And this is where we have there's a scientist in like the lab watching uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. To tie it all together. Yeah. Like a like a. Uh, Ouroboros circle, yes, snake exactly. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say about Lance, like he's got my 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 moment that makes makes me laugh how stupid it is, uh, just not really thought out movie wise or something. But like, um, <laughs> that's the other thing about Paul W S is that he he is going to have some stupid shit in his movies that you don't know if it's just like poor filmmaking or whatever. But they're in this big meeting discussing what they're going to be doing, right? Like, and his assistant is like doing a powerpoint whatever you got all these chairs set up facing the assistant in one direction and he's like and now the man of the hour you know mr whalen and he walks in from behind them on a catwalk and they're all forced to like turn awkwardly as he like gives his speech and i'm like dude just walk to the front of the fucking room like you set the chairs up facing one way i have to I don't know why that, that's that just makes intentional me... 
because he's a he's a rich narcissist he's going to yeah. make everyone be uncomfortable to <laughs> intake his information it just cracks me but it's so useless just like this big dramatic entrance like i get it you can make a dramatic entrance from behind <laughs> but then i like, come around to the front you know like uh so he is a rich man you know owns the corporation he's dying cancer they don't really i don't yeah, know it's if like they ever cancer. say yeah, yeah. Um, and he wants to, you know, weave some sort, uh, you know, establish himself. He wants to have this great find, and that's why he's going as well. Uh, I do love that. Lex at one point says that one of the reasons that she loves the Antarctic is the penguins. And then we get to see, there's like a jump scare with the little penguin. And at that moment, I just kept thinking about how, how much would you love to see a xenomorph penguin? Oh my god, um, I'm pretty sure uh, the last time I watched this, uh, it was with some people on via Discord, and I think one of them drew a xenomorph penguin after the movie and like posted it. Yeah, because we talked I about the exact same so thing. Mm-hmm. I want like a little plushie oh, yeah. of the, the xenomorph penguin. So cute. So there's already the big hole, they slide down. Uh, the invisible predators are already there. Uh, oh, well, they, they, had the, they had the cool. They had the cool scene of like them. So we see the predators like fire the laser, and we see them like shot down into little tubes too, which mm-hmm. I don't think you've yeah. seen in a predator movie before. This, yeah, like their escape pods thing. Yeah, I do like. I think the, the the ship is really good production design on the predator ship, and I like them grabbing their gear and gearing up for it. Like it's a fun, it's yeah. a fun moment. Yeah, they have their masks, you know, on a little table. They come, yeah. Put them on. Uh, but the there is a frozen alien queen beneath the ice, and like as they're going down, it seems to wake her up, and then uh, she just starts pumping out eggs, mm-hmm. which is I do really like this concept of the predators capturing an alien queen and then forcing force birthing her, yeah. Which is pretty, it's totally. kind of fucked up, but in like the idea of how we do meat production or, or anything like cattle, like, oh, it's yeah. not very far off. Yeah. I, I like that they really established too that like the humans were going along with us willingly. Like they worshiped the predators, they yeah. built the temples in their honor, and they willingly went and became hosts in order to That's what... provide them with xenomorphs. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're getting into, is that they eventually come across this sacrificial room. Uh, there's corpses who are not bound, but their chests are burst open. You know, and we learn to find out that, yeah, I mean, they're... <laughs> if, if, you know, at such a point of primitive mankind, if, if we went back to primitive mankind now with the technology we had, we could be gods as well. It wouldn't be that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's understandable why they would be like, oh, of course, you have a, a a net that has acid in it. You have laser guns. Yeah, I'll follow you. You want me to build a pyramid? Sure, no problem. You say build, I say how high. Kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and people about... would... Oh, go for it. Well, yeah. and, and, and people would just, you know, lay down on the table. We would get the face huggers. And then it seemed that the pyramids are built as like a uh, laser gun, uh, like paintball arena. Like it's a constant. <laughs> it's cube. 
Like every ten minutes, it's constantly shifting. You're going in and out of rooms. Yeah, uh, which I like that. I, I like it because I think it's supposed to be a test for the predators. It's an extra like right. they talk about. It, it's a rite of passage, and I think in the expanded yeah. lore, they go into more detail about how these are these are juvenile predators, which is ridiculous considering the size of the fucking actors playing them. These guys are built like they are WWE, mm-hmm. you know, like Monday Night Raw like sized dudes. Um, which is funny because I think the original guy who played the Predator, uh, he's a big guy. He was like, I think over seven feet tall. I could be wrong about that. But he wasn't like, he wasn't as wide as these guys. These guys are like mostly chest, you know? Uh, so they find, the, the humans find the super weapons and as soon as they like remove them, it basically starts the counter. Uh, I can't remember if it was like right before this or right after. There's a really interesting calendar lock yeah. that I thought was really cool that they had to put in the days that day's date and that it showed uh, the last entry was from a hundred years ago and it seemed that the predators are coming here every hundred years to do their training which made me think what is the lifespan of a predator and an alien because in this one the aliens are fucking they're fast it's also one thing. In humans, it seems the chestbursters happen, like, nearly automatically. Especially with that short blonde hair chick. Yeah. Uh, but, skipping ahead to the end, there is a time where we we are to infer that a face hugger gets Predator number three. The, like, half of the movie goes by, and then the yeah. very end of the movie is one of the greatest shots in cinematic history of the Predator Chestburster. Great ending, yes. Which would lead to a real dog shit sequel. We'll talk about that more a bit later. But um, Which I've still know. never seen, which might be mm. one I'll have to do this month. At some point we will talk about it, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up. Because I, do, I, don't, I don't think that movie is not worth discussing a little bit. Uh, but it's pretty bad. Um, you mentioned the short-haired lady. That's Agatha de la Boulay. I'm guessing that's how you say her name, as Adelaide Rousseau. Um, just a key you in about Young Greg. Uh, I watch this movie mm-hmm. all the time. Did not see this in theaters, but I had this on DVD, and it was playing constantly. My younger brother and I, he's two years younger than me, um, we, we, we would just watch this all the fucking time. We loved Alien. I don't think we had seen a Predator movie aside from this one at this point. I don't remember. Um, but So we just played this. we just played this a lot. And I've, I've watched every extra on the DVD multiple times from when I was a kid. Uh, but anyway, um, that lady, I mean, she's 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 a uh, she's gorgeous, right? The, the short hair looks great on her. Uh, but she has that line where like uh, Lex sees her loading a gun, and she's like, "I've never seen like a, a I've never seen a yeah." She's like, "I've never seen a gun save anybody on the ice." And she goes, "I look at it the same way I look at like a condom." better to need it and not have it than have it or like whatever the fucking line is yeah (laughs) but the fact that she was so gorgeous and i am 10 years old she talks about this movie and she just says the word condom she doesn't talk about sex she just says the word condom and as a 10 year old i am getting so flustered like oh like a pretty lady talking about sexual things like oh my god yeah so uh yeah big (laughs) appreciation for her yeah so the Predators take out the A-Team, 
And then we start getting Alien uh, attacking because, yeah, like the, the blonde lady gets the, the chest burster. Yeah. I do love how the Predators, we have a, a fight between the Predators and Aliens. Okay. Uh, well, we're gonna have build, that... I, we have to build up to this, though. Hold on. Uh, first of all, because I, I legit think I'm not even joking. One of my favorite shots and moments in any movie ever, just because of how many times I've seen this. And it makes such it made such a big impression on me as a kid in terms of this movie, like delivering on its on its promise. But that A-team fight, first of all, like great moment that I I've seen it so many times. And even then, I kind of forgot about this. But they know they know there's something in the room, but they don't know it's like predators yet. And so there's a guy like looking around at the flashlight and he casts his flashlight on a predator posing as a statue, which is just really fun in terms of like predators being stealthy because there's statues of predators everywhere. But they they come across it and the predator is like posed like a statue with its javelin. And then he like sees it and the predator just like turns and fucking chucks it right through his chest. Like great moment, you know. Uh, you also have uh, uh, the character Maxwell, the kind of the black assistant um, of Waylon. He gets netted, <laughs> which is brutal, and you see it, like constricting on him, and then he gets like speared as yeah, that's caught in the net. Yeah, that's the first uh, like use of the asset net, which is great, and then it also distinguishes one alien for us. Yes. Like one alien gets caught into it, so it, it gives us yeah. a. Uh, you know, a person, not even personality, but just the distinguishing characteristics. So we yeah. we have a specific alien that we know we're following that we can exactly like have a you know an emotional arc with. Yeah, whether or just not as... like it, it's a it's you know it's a mindless killing machine, but at least we know like oh this is the one that we've been following. Oh, yeah. it's cute. Oh. Just as we we come to distinguish like the lead predator too, because he he's called Scar. Um, I can't remember the name of the other ones. They have some cutesy names for them. But, like, uh, Scar is the one that, like, he marks his helmet with the acid. Right. So you know who he is, too. But uh, I was going to say, like, just leading up to that that reveal of the full-grown alien for the first time, I think. Or maybe it's just the first time that they come face-to-face. But, like, Lex is on the ground, Predator standing above her with his blades out, about to kill her. And he gets impaled through the chest with an alien tail that is like thirty feet yeah. long. If you look yeah, at like where the alien is, very insane. <laughs> it is insane, but I, I don't care because it's so cool to see the predator lift it up like that. You know what I mean? And it's such a great moment. And then it turns they, around, what, and looks the predator right in the face. Yeah, yeah, they do the and face, you get the, the poster, face at that the poster point. image. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we should talk yeah, about amazing, it amazing there, moment. Yeah, there is a lot of amazing practical effects, and then. A smattering of not the worst digital effects for yes. the time being. Like, the t- that 30-foot yeah. tail is obviously CGI. And, you know, it's a good mixture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the aliens are a good combination of, of, like, I think there's, like, one or two guys in suits for the xenomorphs. And then the rest of them are animatronics, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they And they look fantastic. And there's a little CG assistance. But this movie is pretty dark. Uh, I don't think it's, like so dark you can't see anything like alien like this like the sequel is um sure but the darkness does help hide it a little bit so that's nice uh so yeah one predator's down there's another epic fight and i like that the predator cuts off the alien tail and then the alien is using the tail spurting out the acid blood awesome yeah like it, it even knows that. Oh, this is harmful. I can, I can use this to my advantage. 
this is when the xenomorph gets caught in the net, but it, it is still able to get out and then kills Predator 2. Yes. And so, yeah, this is Grid. Uh, that's like the, the designation oh, for this alien. And I had, cool. I had like a, uh, my, I was thinking it was my younger brothers uh, more realistically, but uh, we had like a foot tall Grid like figure from this movie. Uh, but he might <laughs> still have that somewhere. I'm sure he still is. That's pretty dope. Uh, I mean, we're moving through this very quickly because there's just a lot of boringness until the action picks up. Yeah. Well, wait, so we get, like, the backstory. We see the flashback, like, Raul. Uh, I think his name is Sebastian, actually, the, the character. Sebastian is, like, reading the hieroglyphics, and we get the backstory about how they used to come to Earth, and they helped them build the pyramids. And we see, like, them, like, standing on pyramids like humans worship them and shit. I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh we have, like, yeah, some of the mercenaries get killed by aliens. Uh, Spud gets dragged away. Real quick, uh, it made me think, in Puppet Master vs. Demonic Toys, there are some of the <laughs> what? Huh? Oh, yeah. worst flashbacks I think I've ever seen in a, in a movie. Uh, oh, I'm man. trying to... Oh, we do, we do a couple when he is interviewing at Sharp Industries, and Sharp, like, gives him the ladybug spying device that's right and yeah we see him throw it away multiple times but then there's another one well it's later on in the movie it's also when he's interviewing at sharp he notices the little symbol in the elevator door to go down to the basement demonic possession it's just we have some of the coolest flashbacks versus some of the worst flashbacks <laughs> that's it's, right that's it's right. a interesting dichotomy that we've we've created here mm. uh, also uh i just remembered too the names of the predators so the scar is the lead one because of the scar he does okay. um the other ones are called celtic and chopper <laughs> mm. i know it's weird uh, yeah. well maybe Ch- chopper there is one that uh he like cuts a xenomorph's head in half that's yeah. pretty cool that was I think pretty that's, dope i think that's scar I don't remember. I there was there's some dumb reasoning for their names. I don't remember what it is, but yeah. Uh, well, the exposition stuff's done a little bit. Okay, so Predator Three is there, and he Scar uh, sees mm-hmm. Waylon and is like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you!" And then he looks inside of him and sees that, "Oh, he's dying of cancer. It wouldn't even be worth my time to kill yeah, him." Yeah, it's 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 not a worthy kill. Yeah, see, it's that's not what I like is that. Yeah, this movie, it, it plays into the lore of the Predator. It expands on it a little bit. Because, like, we get in the first one that he doesn't kill unarmed people, right? Um, mm-hmm. In Predator 2, we get that he doesn't kill children. And then in uh, in this one, we get that he doesn't kill the sick. It's it's sick not a worthy people, kill. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it pisses Waylon off to no end to be, like, yeah. <laughs> marginalized, basically. So he takes a, uh, a flare and... I don't know what it was, but it was like hairspray and was basically created a flamethrower. And yeah. that's when the Predator was like, well, fuck you, too. And hey, that's and this makes it so that he is not killed by an alien in Aliens, but he is bisected by one. But I Lance Henriksen yeah. gets killed by a Terminator, gets killed by a Predator, gets fucked up and by an alien. alien. You know, yeah, him and Bill right. Paxton yeah, are the three that are the two that have faced <laughs> off with all three. Yeah. Uh, so Scar, this is when he chops off the Xenomorph's head. There's also a face hugger that he cuts in half. And so Great. this is when he cuts off the little finger on the face hugger. Does the little... It's like a uh, horizontal line and then right below it, a vertical line. 
And I don't know if you know specifically what it means or if it's just like a count or yeah, like, it's a, like a, it's, a it's, tribal it's, mark. It's one of the symbols Maybe. that, yeah, I think, I feel like you see it on their wrist computers and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is where we get Sebastian reading all the hieroglyphics, getting the story exposition. We Basically that they were gods amongst men. And we also cut to Spud, who's been captured by the aliens, and we see him in the, like, strung up on the wall, and the egg is there opening up to, mm-hmm. you know, Classic. do the thing. Yeah. There's the guy right beside him who has the gun, and he, like, just barely able to reach it just in time, shoots the one face hugger, but then all the other eggs open up, which is a, yeah. a great scene. And then Spud it just has like Spud's whole character is that he's got kids. Like that's his entire thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he talks he's about so kids. much. So I do think there is something darkly ironic to him then getting impregnated by an alien and having another child. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if Paul W S thought about it that hard, but I, I just I like that connection anyway. I would doubt it very much. So. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't know. That's when we have the the speech about the enemy of my enemy is my friend, which yeah. maybe could have used another pass script wise, but it works. It gets us. It gets us to the point. Uh, Sebastian gets taken off by a xenomorph, and then this is where Lex is trying to give the future gun that they have to the predator. Do we ever see them use this thing? He no. a little bit when he's like run when they're like running through at the end. He I think he blasts a couple with it. Yeah. But okay. Is it the really. thing that he like puts on his shoulder? Yes. Because he it's uses a shoulder a cannon. cannon. Okay. Yeah. The the plasma caster. That's what it's called. I yeah. did not realize that was that weapon, but mm-hmm. that would make sense. Um, in case people don't understand, I am a massive predator dork. I think like uh, I love the alien series, of course, but like I have a. I don't know if I... I don't love Predator more. Like, I think the alien movies are... You know, like, the first alien's better than Predator. But I think Predator gets undervalued in terms of just, like, how cool it is sometimes. But I, I love Predators, man. They're they're amazing. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. So they're called Plasma Casters. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd alert. Okay. Uh, so this is... As he's trying to, to give the gun, uh, one of the xenomorphs shows up. And... The Predator had dropped his spear at one point, and she's the one that actually does kill the Xenomorph at this time. And it seems that the Predator is impressed. And at the same time, uh, more of the Xenomorphs are attacking, but the Queen, like, yells, and they all go away. I think this is the point where he's using the little plasma uh, yeah. cannon. Uh, it takes out, like, four or five of them. And then he's like, well... I got to get you some weapons and maybe one of the coolest moments in just fucking history is he cuts off an alien's head Mm -hmm. and a tail and wraps the tail to a spear and then like gives her the head as a shield. It's so it's, it's stupid. It's really stupid to her that it is a shield as like dips the, the acid blood on the floor and then the head to show oh it doesn't doesn't destroy um, it sticking your arm into an alien head sounds like really fucking stupid because of the acid blood but eh, whatever it works i i'm um, wondering about that if it's maybe like the she's 
grabbing the jaw or the mandible or, or I something don't know, possibly. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Recently, this just happened to come up talking with my friend Sean Perry, uh, who um, hosts the great podcast Nashville CA, and I think he's he's a listener for the most part. Uh, he listens to a lot of episodes, so hi, Sean. Um, but this just randomly came up, and he said that when he saw this in theaters, what really stuck with him is that like uh, during this part when he gives her the thing, uh, the shield and the spear, somebody behind went gay, <laughs> like just like yelled it out <laughs> at the screen. <laughs> Which I I thought about that and laughed when I was watching this. So we then see the xenomorph queen. And she's called all of the other xenomorphs. And then the plan is they are attacking her strategically so that yeah, this her is wounds then bleed on her restraints. Uh, and it, it reminds me of one of my favorite parts of Alien Resurrection, where I just I like seeing the aliens problem solve. That's always fun. Exactly. It gives them like severe intelligence, which we don't necessarily see in, in most of the other ones. There's seem more there's like always, there's, there's a hint there's a hint to the intelligence. I think the first one gives you a bit of that intelligence or like you know what I mean, like mystery. And then aliens, yeah, they kind of become drones, like from then on. Right. I guess yeah, and alien is that it's it's clever and that it is uh, They like cut the power, yeah. Right. Animals, and, and that man. It's the ultimate predator. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean to cut the power? They're animals, man. Oh, I I love Bill Paxton. Holy shit. Ugh. Recipes is one of yeah. one of the things that I, I I get sad every time I think about. I know, it. He's no right? longer. He's no longer yeah. with us. He can no longer give these amazing performances. Like near, I still think about near dark. Me too. Like when he fucking bites that guy, and he's just got the finger licking. I good. think about dude when I because I he'd already passed when I watched it, but I watched Frailty, and it made me so sad because it's like he should have directed more movies. <laughs> like Frailty is so fucking good. Uh, I should rewatch that for this month. Uh, I just want to say too, I, I'm just kind of perusing like different trivia stuff for this movie, and like I, Sigourney Weaver was approached for this, and she said the idea sounded awful. Um, Good call. They also they also approached Schwarzenegger for a, for a cameo, but he had just won the the election, um, mm. so he didn't do it. They also tried to get Gary Busey in as a character. He also didn't do it. They tried to get. Um, Speaking of like other '80s properties, they try to get Peter Weller in as Utani, like the other half of Wayland Utani. Right. So they didn't go for it. Uh, huh. But it just reminded me too. One of my notes for Puppet Master <laughs> versus Demonic Toys, the director Ted Nicolau has said he's not very fond of the final product of that movie, uh, which makes <laughs> sense. Uh, he also we didn't even talk about that, but he directed Terror Vision and Subspecies, which are two kind of like cult classics. Oh. So it's not like he's a totally like fucking nobody you know inept yeah or that yeah uh so we see sebastian uh he is up against the wall and lex takes probably way too long to give a mercy kill like he's basically saying you should do it and the chest burster is probably like <laughs> about to come like yeah very near coming out so he's been in very excruciating pain oh yeah before she the, the one last bullet in the gun. So cinematic. Mm -hmm. That's when... Oh, and the... Another great fucking thing of this movie. The chestburster does come out, and the predator catches it and just, like, snaps its neck. I love... Yeah, I love that too, man. Just the, <laughs> a yeah. flick of its wrist. Great. Uh, they set the bomb. They run out the tunnel. 
and then xenomorphs are attacking. They barely make it from the blast. Uh, that's when the predator shows his face. Oh, and... we're not going to talk about that. Their escape, though. I love this. This is one of the funniest shots in the fucking movie with them on like the rocket sled together, like yeah. just two pals on a little toboggan or something. <laughs> like it's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh my god, what a great visual! Oh, she also says the line, and it's censored because this is PG thirteen. It's, it's it, this is really stupid. This is a bad decision on their part. But um. At one point, she was like, oh, it's a bomb. I hope it kills every fucking one of them. And that's the one fuck that they're yep. allowed to drop in the movie because it's PG-13. I think there is an R-rated cut of this or an unrated cut or something that has, like, more violence. And I think this maybe this moment later is uncensored. But she, like, sticks a gun into an alien's mouth. And she says, you're one ugly motherfucker, which is the line from Predator. But, of course, it right. cuts away right as she says, fuck, like, you know. So it's like, use that for your one fuck. You, like, why didn't you use that one for your one fuck? Like, what do you well, like? Yeah. They use it two minutes earlier. Yeah, it should it should be for the reference. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when they get to the surface, you know, Predator shows his face, and they kind of look at it, and it is very good acting, I think, on Alexis' part to be like, "I'm petrified, but I'm not uh, backing down." Yeah, exactly. Um, his face. So. Uh, after Predator 2, Predator 1 and 2, the face looks amazing. Uh, it's Stan Winston who built the prop for that one, the mold for that. Uh, it's not Stan Winston for this one or any of the other Predator movies, I don't think. Um, every Predator face since Predator 2 looks awful to me. It just does not work yeah. in the exact same way. Yeah. If you look at this one, it looks like he has facial paralysis or something. Like, it's just, I, I really hate the face on this one. Yeah. See, it looked good to me, but maybe I should go back and if, if you look at like I've been meaning to watch Prey, yeah. So oh, 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 oh well, I, I don't want to say <laughs> that, much that's about another Prey. conversation. Um, another uh, another so month, maybe. She she accepts the warrior marking. She gets it like right on her cheekbone. Yeah, uh, which I thought she was at first. I was like, is she gonna do it on her forehead? Because that's gonna be a little a little weird and awkward to explain. A little, a little Charlie Manson style. <laughs> yeah, that that looks much better. Um, and then it's right at that moment that the queen bust out of the ice. Just, just thinking of like she's like, okay, yeah, put the mark on me, and it's like, it just so happens a swastika is <laughs> it's, it's <Yeah>. predator <laughs> symbol. Uh oh, 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 oh. I don't. I think this means something different here on Earth. <laughs> uh, this was an old Buddhist symbol that we now realize is a predator. Yes, a predator symbol. Yeah. So the predator gets like whipped around. Lex gets a good shot in. Uh, there's the predator spears through the head, and then this awesome is where shot. we do also yeah. get the face-off shot of mm-hmm. them. Uh, they connect the queen to a falling tank that they like just shove into the icy waters below. Yep. Hey, like I said on our Frankenstein meets Wolfman episode, there's always a weird water element to these crossover mm-hmm. versus movies. Um, you know, so yeah, she gets sunk down to the bottom of the depths. I, yeah, as a kid, was so obsessed with that shot where he is, like, jumping in slow motion and stabs her in the head. Like, it is it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen at that point, you know. Uh, the <laughs> size of the queen. Exactly, yeah. Or, I was 10. I was 10. Give me a little credit here. Um, I was uh, uh, just thinking, to just, like, this movie is really Jurassic Parky. Do You have, like, the setup of, like, this rich guy gathering these experts right to take them to this remote okay. location yeah um there Things was one wrong. thing specific yeah there's one thing specifically 
in the beginning i can't think of now that was like that's just jurassic park but uh you have the um there is a point where it's like it's almost like they were trying to say spared no expense but not use those exact words Oh, oh oh that was it you have sebastian on his dig that's like the dig in the beginning of Jurassic Park where they're okay. like, oh, and I find the amber, but he finds like the, the Pepsi, Pepsi thing. Pepsi cap. I um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like basically the structure of Jurassic Park though. You like, you take, go to a dig and you like have this guy, you know what I mean? Um, but then also just this entire end set piece, like the alien queen is running around like a damn T-Rex, you know, it's got the little arms and everything like, mm. uh, and just the size of it. it it's way more dinosaur like than, than the alien queen and in, in aliens. I, I would agree, although by the end of Jurassic Park, the Tyrannosaurus is a good is, guy. It's a good guy, yep. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I will say, too, this end set piece with the uh, all this shit falling into the water, uh, it looks great because these are all miniatures. On the DVD, there's a wonderful like making of like featurette documentary thing where you see the warehouse where they're building all the alien props, all the puppets, all that things, and then you see them filming that scene and it's like two guys like like cranking this thing and all the ice and the miniatures like are falling off oh. this table and they're shooting it. It looks great. Tie him back to Destroy All Monsters. Just some great miniature work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scar, the Predator, he had a fatal shot. But at a point, all the a bunch of other Predators come in. And I do love the shot of them coming off of the ship. Yep. It's just like bright light everywhere. Um, so they, they come... They notice that she also has a mark, and they offer her, I guess it would be Scar's spear. Yeah. Uh, that she is accepted into their clan, their tribe, whatever. Uh, kind of fucking bullshit. They just leave her in the middle of nowhere without a ride <laughs> or anything whatsoever. I mean, yeah, Could've she's dead for sure. At a major city, like, could have done. We know they've been to L.A. before. They know what Los Angeles is. They could have taken her there, you know? <laughs> And uh, they set Scar on a on a nice little table. Everyone walks away, and then that's when we get the the beautiful last shot of the chestburster out, and then the four mandibles open up. Yeah, and awesome it's, stuff. It's just it's absolutely beautiful. And then you get fucking ten minutes of credits. Yeah, <laughs> this movie is is like an hour and forty, and then the the movie stops at ninety minutes. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Ten minutes of credits because I think that, I think this was like a big undertaking, and you had a lot of fucking special effects people working on this, so um, makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, it's a little overkill the, those credits. Uh, I do think the predators are kind of dumbasses. Like if you're sending a bunch of predators into fight xenomorphs, do an X-ray well, or a scan or something of them coming back. You know what I mean? Like even if they're dead already. I mean, they're, this can't well, be the I, first time this sense. has happened. Yeah. You know? I was gonna say, well, they're teenagers, but no, these are the the like elders would have them. Yeah, because it's that's an old ass predator that gets with the spear, uh, which I as get... a kid that blew my mind seeing like an elder predator and like it just mm-hmm. really. And I hadn't seen Predator Two at this point, so I didn't know you see one there. But it just really set my mind off in terms of imagination of like their culture and like their allure. You know what I mean? Um, so I always love seeing an elder predator. It's cool. Yeah, uh, so we can give a, a few final thoughts. What do we want to rate this out of? Uh, uh, alien xenomorph head shields. I like that. I like that's good. Um, um, plasma casters. <laughs> plasma casters. You have Lance Hendrickson's. Um, 
uh, emergency emergency condoms. You know, that's a, <laughs> a tribute to Rousseau. Uh, no, I like I like I like alien. I, I like Xeno shields. Xeno Xenomorph head shields. Okay, I, I so this is the first time I've watched this in full. It is a very fun ride. It is very dumb. It's not trying to be more than dumb. It is yeah. it is giving you exactly what you want. Uh, much like Freddy versus Jason, although I feel that there is a big problem with this since they're they're trying to give both titular characters personalities, and it doesn't necessarily work out. Like like Freddy versus Jason, you get much more on both of those counts, especially since Freddy's talking. But you do feel um, sympathy much more towards Jason in in that movie. In this one, we just really have, well, one has scars from a net, which is great. I love that, like, visually it is, it is stunning. Uh, but there's no personality, not even with the queen. Even though I guess there is a little bit of sympathy you feel for her, like, being in prison, forced to give birth. Um, and then, I, I don't know if she sees them, but, like, knowing that her children are, are going on to, to be slaughtered to, as just a a farm factory of, of uh, training exercises, but it's the highs are real high. When you get those aliens and predators fighting, it is pretty glorious. The effects are great for the time. You get a lot of great practical ones, which make me rate this higher. I'm going to go 3.3 Xenomorph head shields. Hell yeah. I love it, man. Awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, for my for my final thoughts, like, I've seen this movie so many times, and it is such a nostalgia watch that I, I just can't really view it objectively. Uh, I just, I love it. Beginning to end, I, I just have such a good time with this. All the stupid shit just delights me, as opposed to, like, bothering me. I think you're totally right in that it doesn't really get the balance in terms of, like, it's not... It's a decent alien movie. I think it's a good Predator movie, and just, like, a okay alien movie. Uh, Agreed. Because you're they don't really go too much into details with the aliens and giving that yeah there's a little bit of sympathy and characterization but the aliens are hard to characterize too um, and I but I do think it ends up being a little like generic with the aliens just there's a lot of just like they approach somebody and then they're like tongue shoots out and kill somebody you know what I mean um, you get some it's really cool good tongue, shots but you do get some great slow motion uh, you get some slow motion facehugger shit that looks really good. Like when it first attacks Rousseau, and then when the predator throws the, like the boomerang yeah. disc through it, which is cool, and um, I think it was a new piece of predator tech that was not seen before this movie. One thing I wanted to note was this movie made for three D or like conversion because I don't think there were so. quite a few things. Like yeah, it, this is before Avatar, but like yeah. there were quite a few shots that I was like, was this intentionally three D? Because no, it is t- almost like jumping at you I, I think that like 3d resurgence was still a couple years away i, I think right. alice in wonderland is when that really kicks it off right like that the like remake of 2007 yeah and then after that is where you start to slowly build up to then avatar where it comes back full force but like um yeah no you're right though i could see this working in 3d actually uh i think the i think the production value is fucking great like i think this looks really good and the temple set and like uh, location, yeah. I was is about awesome. to say the set is yeah. amazing. I just this time I've seen it so many times and I never even noticed. Like if you look at the walls, there's so many great. Uh, they just show a couple of them in close up, but like 
there's a lot in the background. There's a really good like predator face carving at one point. I, I just noticed like behind somebody, and it's like a predator with the mandibles open, like yelling. And I'm like, that's an awesome little like hieroglyphic thing, and I had never seen it before. One of in the sacrificial chamber, there's an alien like drawing on the floor that is big enough yeah. for the little chest bursters to like go into. So like, uh, just cool. Where yeah, they are entering the arena. Yeah, it's it's like designed just for them. Yeah, and it's like mm-hmm. and it's like a it's like a serpentine alien drawing. Right. It looks like a Giger painting. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it is. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even talk about Giger, but he's amazing. But it yeah. it does look like that uh, picture on like the Quadrology box set. Yes, of, of the alien as an Ouroboros, basically. Oh, but I remember that 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 box set coming out as when oh. I was young and coveting that so hard. I don't think I ever yeah. got it for whatever I reason. I had that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a Blu-ray now that it. My, my Blu-ray now covers up to AVP Requiem. <laughs> it does not include the Prometheus movies, and I I am not complaining about You're that. You're fine with that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like the first Prometheus for the record. I think Prometheus is pretty good. Um, I hated it in I theaters when it. I first saw it, but like watching it again. It. That's another one where I'm like, oh, the production value alone like raises that movie up a lot. It looks incredible, but um, uh, and I'm still so, on my final me, thoughts. Excuse me, <laughs> Idris Elba with the little music squeeze box is what saved that Loved movie. one you're with, yeah. When he goes off the fuck to Charlie Theron, which hey, big crime of that movie not showing any of that. <laughs> if I hadn't been able to see that scene, okay. Anyway, um, final thoughts. Uh, yes, I, I love AVP. I think it's such a fun ride. It is just like a WWE match, which is like, what else do you want from these two things? It, it's stupid, but it knows it's stupid. I think it's directed really well. I think there's a lot of good flair from Pod WS, and um, I really like a lot of the actors. I find them pretty charming. Um, I really like, there's a great behind the scenes thing of like, uh, there's interviews with a lot of the actors. And um, I forget his last one. His name Raul, the guy who plays Sebastian. I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, I had it. Bova. Raul Bova. Him and Lance Henriksen really got along. And you could see it in, this, in the behind the scenes stuff. And there's like, a, I just remember a one of like, they're like hugging each other, like laughing. And they're just going, Raul, Raul, like saying Raul's name over and over in like a voice. <laughs> it's really funny. It's always stuck with me. It just looks like they had a blast doing this. Um, yeah, I love this movie. I'm going to go like, it's got its flaws and it's like of course it's a dumb theme park ride uh i'm gonna go like 3.8 like i have a really good time with it i can watch it almost any time and but i recognize it's stupid as shit and there is some kind of poorly filmed action here and there um you know like it's not perfect but i i think it's so fun and it's like what it's else a, do you it want is in a mashup yeah it, it it's like on par with frankenstein meets the wolf band for me i think i give that thing the same rating Around there. Maybe. Yeah, I think we get to 3.5, actually. Uh, well, that's going to be it for Monster Mashup, October. But we right. have one thing to do beforehand. What we do every month is to hold the Masseys. Now we're going to go through each movie that we watch uh, and then talk about what deserves the awards. Uh, we watched, as the Supreme Court case would call it, Frank v. Wolf. <laughs> We had Nightwatch. We watched Destroy All Monsters, a little gym called Puppet Master versus Demonic <laughs> Toys, and then Alien versus Predator. Now, we start every Massey's with the, the same award, the Claude Daigle Memorial Penmanship Award Scholarship Fund Foundation, otherwise known as Best Kill. Yes. Uh, speaking of Best Kill, yeah, uh, Miss Kill. 
miss kill by the way our, we do our, miss our, kill uh, every day. Our other hosts yes um best kill yeah this one for me uh just going over some candidates like uh, you know this is the roll call where little screens are popping up and showing them in their tuxedos <laughs> eagerly awaiting uh like we have uh all the various people that get killed in frankenstein meets the wolfman off screen um you know uh i think nightwatch has the really good one with the uh, the vampire that gets killed that gets shattered like glass yeah um and then you know like I, there's a lot of good options but for me the one that affected me the most this time was King Ghidorah getting fucking murked by the monster force. <laughs> like, We're in total agreement here. It is just so savagely, brutal. savagely beat down. And um, it, it sucks because because he he's my villain in, yeah. in all of those. Like I love Mothra. Uh-huh. You know, she's my girl, but King Ghidorah is just so cool. Like the sound effects that he makes is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooting gold lightning, but it is so merciless like as it's they are just like, that shot of godzilla like stomping him. stomping on his neck and it like the blood yeah. spurting out is so graphic uh especially for a movie little explicitly aimed at children <laughs> <laughs> i just like imagine like that's the day they brought like all the first graders to set to watch them shoot it They're like hey guys come <laughs> on we're gonna go see the movie and it's like ah, like spitting blood out and, like <laughs> and to me and that's not even like blue or green blood that it's like vibrant red Yes, as it's going exactly. It's uh, but like as a runner-up, you have a lot of good kills in, a- in AVP. Uh, you know, I think I the love... alien getting its head cut off. Is yes, a good one. oh, really good. That's some really good stuff. Yeah, just it's gross. It's cool. Yeah, um, but then of course you have a uh, uh, scar getting like. I mean, he's already dead at that point with the chest burster. But yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, Ghidorah, he clean sweep there. Uh, we have. Best performance, and we're gonna go ahead and exclude Corey Feldman because it's just he would run. <laughs> Make it away fair to everybody. Make did. it fair to everyone else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I know mine. If you if you need to think for, a I second. need a second. I'm, yeah, I need I need a second I, to run over this. I think uh, Konstantin Kablinski, because I believe how you say his name, but as Anton Gorodetsky, I think he gives such a a great everyman performance. Uh, he's such a schlubby Russian guy in that, like, beginning, you know, the, the past. Mm-hmm. And then him growing into the grizzled Nightwatch person. But the scene that sticks out for me is after uh, Gesser patches him up, and he's barely able to stand, but he's still like, I'm going to put on my sunglasses, I'm going to go save this boy, because it yeah. is the right thing to do. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he he's good. Him and, and when he uh, mocks the owl, that's real fun. Too. Yes, <laughs> him and uh, Zavulon, I think, are really fun. And I think those are probably just like in terms of like emotions and depth, maybe the best performances. Like him and Zavulon are really good. Uh, but I'm gonna have to go destroy all monsters again. I can't not say Haru Nakajima as Godzilla, just because I think he just. <laughs> is always so good okay. he's always okay. gives godzilla such a wonderful personality and it's not even in the movie but knowing that he improvised a fight with amanda puppet like he's so dedicated to being godzilla and that in every movie i watched where he i mean i love every godzilla movie to some to to a, a slight degree but like uh just he he really does bring something special to playing godzilla in the suit 
and the difficulty required, you know, and the strength required to play that, it's such a hard role to do. You have explosions going off, like, in your face, essentially. You can't see anything. It's hot. It's like you're sweating out, like, buckets and buckets of sweat, just pounds of sweat. And so it's an incredibly difficult performance, and he still manages to have a really fun time doing it and, like, really care about it. So I, I want to reward Haro Nakajima for playing Godzilla. I think that's a great fact. I didn't honestly expect any monster to to get the award. Although I guess <laughs> maybe Lon Chaney. Jr. He, he's could, he's a he's a runner it. up for me. Right. I also really like uh, Maria Ospenskaya for just in terms of performance. She's she's great. Yeah, and I'm gonna give myself credit for thinking I got her name right. So <laughs> I think so. <laughs> looking at it, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna move on to best effect. To me, there's only one that really like captures me do you want to say at the same time three two two, one one spine Spine sword sword. yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was amazing i it's so memorable you you picked the gif uh on twitter Mm -hmm. and i just i I couldn't not like i couldn't not pick it in a row yeah me too like pulls it out it's so good because it's like the the handle is actual bone spine yes and then it it turns to metal at seeing like point. the seeing the skin like pass through like the rivulets of the mm-hmm. spine, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's so good. It's so well done, and it's like yeah, that really sticks with you. Um, I was gonna just obviously I didn't because I just picked spine sword, but my and my initial thought going into this was like I'm just gonna pick <laughs> destroy all monsters for everything because I was gonna almost gonna say Godzilla's roar as a special effect because it is so iconic. And like it's a special True. effect that, that that was done by uh, initially when they recorded it for the original Godzilla, they take a they take a leather glove, they like put oil on it, and you rub it over a stand up base, and that's how you get Godzilla's roar. It's it's a really it's a special oh. effect. It's amazing, and I think it's underrated as like part of the soundtrack of those movies. I have many Godzilla high thoughts because I often get high and just think about Godzilla. Um, it's one of my favorite pastimes. And I had the thought of just like Godzilla's roar is distorted music. And I just think okay. it's beautiful in that way. Like yeah. that was just a thought that crossed my mind one time. And I was just like, I love that. And that's why it's so good. His, his roar is music. It's great. But the spine sort of so memorable. And I do think that Destroy All Monsters... God, I'm such a fucking dork. It's not the best use of Godzilla's roar in Godzilla movies. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'm going to say Spine Sword. Uh, and just to, <laughs> to throw in that, like, uh, Nightwatch did have some amazing visual yeah. effects. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for the yeah. time. Totally. Uh, and just, you know, as not even, you know, a, a Hollywood movie that they were they were trying to make their own footprint and on yep. the, the world cinema scale and i think they they accomplished it it is something that is it's a feat what they did yeah uh, there's a reason that that director was brought to hollywood to like mm-hmm. you know make make uh, other shit so so we have best massacre which and we talked a little bit about it destroy all monsters they say that tokyo was evacuated, it was evacuated. yeah so it doesn't really work uh, probably yeah but so, you can imagine the other cities in the beginning when they're like rodan's attacking moscow and shit you know uh, you but we don't see so. it that's that's the we thing yeah uh, that, that's what's hard so we do have a pretty good shootout with like some blood stuff yeah oh go ahead it, mm-hmm. it comes to avp where every single human character we meet besides one gets yes. slaughtered 
Yes, totally. Yeah, there's not many other options for this one. Like, Nightwatch... Am I wrong that there's only one death in Nightwatch? It's just that one vampire, The right? vampire. Yes? Yeah. I believe so. I'm, I'm going through it again. I'm trying to... I think so. Interesting. Um... Yeah, so I mean, there's not many options besides a VP. Like they get they get brutally killed. Like I, like I mentioned, um, Maxwell, the assistant, like getting the net and then the spear, like as the net is like constricting on him and like cutting him up, and then then javelin. Um, you have the guys who get face huggered. You know, poor Spud. Uh, you got guys that just get fucking alien like mouths through their faces. Uh, you know, and yeah. I will say. It- you know, Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys came very close. If they would have achieved it, it would have been the greatest sacrifice of innocence in history. True. That, that would have been a shoe-in. Yeah. They didn't hey, not off. even counting to AVP, just the, the alien and predator deaths. Like, those two predators get fucking murked, like, super yeah. quick. Which I think is a gutsy move by the movie to just, like, set up, hey, we only have three predators. And then two of them are going to die within like, th- like five minutes within of each other. Within ten minutes of each other, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. You kind of think like... By like, the time you um, see the Predators and then like yeah. 15 minutes later, it's down to one of them. Like you kind of think it's going to be a back and forth of like aliens killing Predators, Predators killing aliens. But no, those two Predators just like... The, the aliens decisively win the first two fights like handily, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and, then they, and then you have Scar fucking up a ton of Xenomorphs. Just like the head slicing, you got the plasma caster stuff, you know, there's like, he, he gets a ton of kills in there. And then the queen, like, a great kill on the queen. So, yeah, easily AVP takes that one, runs away with it. All right, and so we're left with our seasonal award, which we haven't talked about, but I'm going to throw it out there. Who would you like to trick or treat with? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I was not expecting that question. Uh, who? You know what? I would love to trick or treat. I mean, it's just such a me answer. But I'm gonna go trick or treating with Godzilla. Uh, you know, I thought so. Yeah. Like how? How do you can you? How can you turn down some some time with him? I'll tell you what. He's gonna have the biggest bag. Exactly. Yeah. Just uh, him. Like, uh, <laughs> I you're cover me, a lot of ground with him. That's true. That's true. Uh, I think maybe I'm gonna go. With Wolfman, I think that oh, would be a good. fun time. Oh, you know, yeah, Larry needs it. Larry needs just like a night out, like <laughs> right. Yeah, I would love it. He'd be Take like scampering. Th- He'd be like yeah. scampering through bushes, like leaping from house to house. You know, maybe exactly. like uh, that. Be that'd that's be what you you get him to scare the person as they have the bowl, so they drop it and you yeah. can just steal all the candy. I'd also think Bale Lugosi's a Frankenstein monster. He's blind, so you'd have to lead him around. But you know. It'd well, still be fun. Now you just made me think I want to trick or treat with Bella Lugosi. Yes. As he's like withdrawing from heroin and just have him complaining <laughs> about all the times that he got fucked over in Hollywood. I uh Tell the story because I, I, I know, yeah. Yes, I posted it on Instagram recently, but like an Instagram and Discord, but I I visited Bella Lugosi's grave the other day. Um truly like just on October thirteenth. You know, arguably the second spookiest day of October. Uh, I found his grave. I, I I work nearby, and like I just I was walking around, and like it's gonna be so hard to find. There's so many graves here, but then I just kind of stumbled across it. Like he's buried too, two graves down from Bing Crosby. 
Wow. Which is wild. Yeah. And Rita Hayworth is like right above him, like up on the hill. But like, uh, yeah, uh, cool stuff. Beautiful fucking cemetery. Um, his grave was so clean because I just imagine people come there all the time. And so like, uh, yeah, that was that was really fun to visit. Um, that Yeah, Frankenstein monster himself, you know, I, I stood above his grave. And you know what? It was kind of sounded kind of sounded hollow as I was walking on it. Hmm. <laughs> well, I think that's gonna be it for Monster Mashup October. Greg, do you want to let us know? I I wish we could continue this all year long. There's it, a million more like, we could have done. It's like um, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas when the mayor's like, "We've only got three We've only got forty eight more weeks to go." Hey, speaking of that movie, that would have been that is a candidate for a monster mashup, right? That's you got all true. sorts of monsters and creatures and that. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, hey. versus Oogie Boogie. Yes. <laughs> Doing a little like uh it, it, maybe this is a way in the future. And we're we're running long because we did two movies, but in the future for Massey's we could do an in memoriam, just like movies that didn't make the cut. <laughs> That's fun. Um and there's a ton for this one. But like uh yeah next month hey it's it's november last year we did family and we had some great times with that the baby uh what else did we do society things like that um we want to continue like hey it is a time to get together yes stepfather but often what happens at these family get-togethers there's a little a little fighting right there's a some little some beefs come up yeah some tension and so to celebrate the tension between family members. I don't know why, but uh, we're talking about sibling rivalries for next month for November. Lots of fun options, and we're going to kick it off with a little Canadian gem of a movie. I believe from the eighties. I should have looked up the exact date. Um, a movie called Pin. I think it's called Pin. A plastic nightmare is maybe the full okay. title. There's something like that. Uh, but yeah, Pin is our next movie. I can't wait to discuss it. I don't think a ton of people have seen this movie, but uh, it, it's, a, it's a good time from what I remember. Um, so looking forward to revisiting that for Sibling Rivalries. I have zero idea about anything, so I'm, I'm interested to go in blind. But you can always contact us. We have email, weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com. We have both Twitter and Instagram at weeklymassacre. So... Hit us up. Let us know if you are very concerned about the differences between puppets and toys. If you believe you have a uh, a scan of the Arctic and you believe something's going on. Or if you've been impregnated uh, by an alien through your mouth. We want to hear from you. Yeah. If you ever boil your blood like regularly on a regular basis, please tell us what that's like. Yeah. If you can get us in contact with Corey Feldman to do an <laughs> in-depth interview about demonic puppet master versus demonic toys, let us know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you ever mixed up your stash of your stash of emergency condoms with your emergency gun, you know that'd be embarrassing. <laughs> I got just a thing. Oh fuck! <laughs> and until next time. Or, uh, what was it? Uh, and as always, I've got a job for her. In my diaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Baby oopsie kicked my butt. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.